You are Locked On Giants, your daily New York Giants podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello, New York Giant fans. Welcome to Locked On Giants, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. My name is Patricia Trena, and I am joined by my co-host, Ed Valentine, and we are going to break down the New York Giants' disappointing first half of the season. We're going to take a look at the state of the Giants a little later on in the program. We'll break down the offense and the defense and where they go from here. But first up in our show, we're going to talk about the trade deadline. The NFL trade deadline is Tuesday at 4 o'clock p.m. Eastern Time. And already the trade winds are, are picking up, Edward, so it sounds like it could very well be a, a, a very busy day for us. Don't go far from your, uh, you know, from your laptop, from your phone, you know, just, just, uh, don't, don't go anywhere, Patty, because, you know, Lord only knows what's going to happen. I do have to say quickly, I need to give myself kudos because I didn't go to the game on Sunday. I, I, instead of going from Albany to New Jersey, I went from Albany to Buffalo for my granddaughter's third birthday. I'm giving my, myself kudos for, for going the opposite way. <laughs> <laughs> Rub it in, Ed. Why don't you? I just did. And I I'm going to keep I doing know. it. Yes. I was there. Um, I sat through it. Not a pretty sight, folks, but I don't have to tell you that. You all saw the, the game. You all probably heard about it. Just not a very happy time in Giants country these days. So, Ed, let's jump right into the uh, the first segment of our show. We're going to talk a little bit about the trade deadline. And already, you know, just to recap, uh, for those who may have been out of the country or not paying attention, last week the Giants, of course, moved Eli Apple to the Saints. They moved Damon Harrison to the Lions. They got back three draft picks over the next two years. Apple bringing back, I believe, um, what was it, a fourth and a seventh? I think it was a fourth and a seventh, seventh coming in 2020, and Harrison bringing in a fifth. And over uh, the weekend, there were some additional rumors that popped up, mentioning Odell Beckham Jr., whose name was was, – reported by Fox Sports insider Jay Glazer saying that the Giants have received quote-unquote decent offers for Odell Beckham Jr. Um, Last night, Ralph Bacciano of SNY TV reported that Landon Collins, teams have been kicking around uh, Landon Collins' name as a possible trade target. And Ed, I know you heard this and I've heard it as well. The Pittsburgh Steelers are allegedly interested in Janoris Jenkins. So a lot of potential movement there. Well, Patty, at this point, you're one in seven. You've won what? Four out of your last, what is it at this point? Four out of 24 games. At this point, I can't blame the Giants for trading anybody. You know, anybody that that brings back a decent haul that helps them accumulate draft picks that they can use, you know, whether they, they use them to to whether they actually make those picks or use them, you know, to move up in the draft and, and acquire a player that they want. At this point, I can't blame them for moving on from anybody, whether that's Janoris Jenkins, who I'd be absolutely shocked, you know, to see Jenkins uh, still be a giant after the deadline, whether that's Landon Collins, as much as we, you know, as, as much as you appreciate the guy, you know, if, if a team's going to give up a second round pick and a couple of other picks, you know, for Landon Collins, maybe you have to think about that. 
the Beckham stuff, I would believe it when I see it. But at this point, you know, I, I think anything and everything has to be on the table because this Giants team is a mess and, and you have to start from scratch. You do have to start from scratch, but at the same time, you know, I think we can agree that this giant team is is in shambles right now. There's a lot of rubble, and within that rubble, there has to be a piece or two or three that you can pick out and and build as a as a, as a new foundation. You know, I think of Saquon Barkley, who you know he's not on the table. Let's be real. Um, you know, is is Odell Beckham on the, really on the table? I would be surprised. I mean, they could make it work cap wise. And uh, spoiler alert: I'm going to have something out on on Big Blue View about that. Why why it would work from a financial standpoint? And I am not endorsing that they do it. I'm just saying it can work from a financial standpoint. Um, you know, Landon Collins is another young player uh, who who you would think would be part of the foundation moving forward. But you know, it's just becoming clear as you as you look at how Dave Gettleman operates, he wants his guys in here, as does Pat Shermer, and these are all guys that that you know came in from the previous regime. And basically, if you're not playing up to up to par, if you're not part of the the solution moving forward, you're expendable. Oh, without any doubt, Patty. And and you know the thing of it is, I would venture a guess at this point that as many names as we throw around probably not as much is going to happen you know between now and Tuesday at four o'clock as we might think you know but the point is the Giants have to listen you know when it comes to offers for anybody whether they have to move certain guys you, you know they don't have to move Landon Collins they don't have to move Odell Beckham but what they have to do is assess which guys they think are part of the long-term solution and you know and build around those guys if if they make the determination for example and I I I think they'll keep Landon Collins but if they were to make the determination that Landon Collins is not a guy they want to pay a big you know, a long-term big money contract to you know, then then you then you listen to offers. You know, but it it's a difficult time. Who knows what they're going to do? But but I really think that that everybody, pretty much, other than Saquon Barkley, pretty much everybody has to be on the table. Yeah, and, and another report that I neglected to mes- mention is, uh, uh, I believe New Jersey Advanced Media reported that Olivier Vernon is not. On the trade block, which I found kind of interesting, Vernon um, has that that bloated contract, and you know, as I have said many times, when you have to go out and spend on a mulligan for something that you missed on in the draft, you are never going to get the true value for what you paid for. It's just so rare. It it, it I I can't think of any instances where. All right, maybe maybe you can make a case for Antrell Rowe. You might be able to make a case for Antonio Pierce, but it just doesn't happen very often when you have to overspend. But, you know, it goes back to what I was saying about having to identify who's going to make up your new foundation. And, you know, offense, we mentioned Saquon Barkley. I think Odell Beckham Jr. is going to be part of that. Um, remains to be seen if Evan Ingram is going to be part of that. Uh, Sterling Shepard, you would think, would be part. On defense, you know, it, it's interesting because all the movements so far and all the rumors 
uh, the, the majority of the rumors have centered on the defensive unit, which, you know, in Sunday's loss to Washington played well enough to win the game. But yet it looks like they're going to, to deconstruct that that defense. Um, I don't know that I would move Vernon. I think I would like to see him and Lorenzo Carter as my outside linebackers moving forward because, you know, let's face it, they, they just don't get a pass rush or any kind of, you know, semblance of a pass rush when Vernon is not on that field. Whereas, you know, Carter has shown flashes of being able to deliver that. So I'd like to see the two of them team up next year as their as their, uh, outside linebackers. I don't know where to go with that, Patty. It's just you'd like to see the Giants be able to win more than one out of every eight football games. You'd like to see them be able to put some semblance of a decent football team or a decent product on the field, and it's not happening. I think you're absolutely right, Gettleman and Shermer. You know, if they're going to go down in flames, they they want to go down. You know, with guys they've chosen to put on this roster. It's just going to be a really, really interesting 24 hours to see what else gets done. For sure, for sure. And on that note, let's take a quick break uh, to hear from our sponsors. When we come back, we're going to start looking in more detail, the state of the Giants. We've already touched a little bit upon it, but we're going to dive a little deeper. So stay with us, Giants fans. Giants fans, let's talk about advice. Patty and I are always being asked for it, but one thing we can't do is tell you who is going to win or lose the games. If you think you know, you've got to check out MyBookie. MyBookie has been in business for years, has great online reviews, and offers an easy-to-use mobile site. You win, MyBookie pays. It's that simple. Join now, and MyBookie will match your deposit dollar for dollar. Wait until after 7 p.m. Eastern Time, and my bookie will give you an extra $25 free play on deposits of more than $100. Visit my bookie online today. That's M Y B O O K I E. And don't forget to enter the promo code LOCKEDON25 to activate this special offer for our listeners. With my bookie, you play, you win, you get paid. All right, welcome back. You are at Locked On Giants with Patricia Train and Ed Valentine, and we are moving on to segment two of our program. We're going to start looking in greater detail at the state of the Giants. And, Ed, we started to talk a little bit about the defense, so why don't we just start there, you know, just kind of build on how we ended the first segment and and look at the state of this defense. Well, you talked about it, Patty. It it starts with pass rush. you know, there are some players on this defense that that you can build with. B.J. Hill, Lorenzo Carter, Landon Collins, should the Giants choose to keep him. But there's just, you know, there, there's just not enough overall talent there. Uh, so it's a defense that, you know, I, I do like James Betcher as the defensive coordinator, but I go back to Steve Spagnolo a couple of years ago when he when he came back to the Giants saying, you know, I'm a coach, I'm not a miracle worker. And when you don't have talent, when you don't have enough pass rushers, when you don't have a free safety who has a clue how to take a proper angle to make a tackle, when you don't have dynamic linebackers, when you don't have enough cover guys, 
you're you're just not going to play good defense. They have a few pieces, but there's a, but they need a lot more talent on that side of the ball. Absolutely, and especially in that back seven, as you mentioned, coming into this season, there were questions about cornerback. There was also some questions about safety, the free safety position in particular. Those questions continue to linger. They didn't really solve that problem, those problems, um, for the 2018 season. And now that they've kind of begun taking that unit apart with the trade of Apple, with the likely trade of Janoris Jenkins. They basically have to rebuild all that because, you you know, having a pass rush is great, but you also need guys who can cover, who can, you know, compensate also for that lack of a pass rush. Because if you can get coverage sacks, that's even better. So a lot of work to be done in the defensive secondary. And, you know, you mentioned the linebacker group. Um, interesting decisions to be made there. The starting linebackers, inside linebackers at the, uh, at the beginning of the season were Alec Ogletree and B.J. Goodson. Goodson kind of lost some snaps, I think, as as the uh, as the year went on. Um, now, last night, I know he played more snaps because Ogletree was was sidelined with a hamstring injury. But you know, it it just seems like they still have some work to do, especially in the inside linebacker uh, area. I would agree, Patty. You know, I I like B.J. Goodson, but I uh. still. I look at B.J. Goodson, and I think he's a little bit of an odd fit for Betcher's defense. And I, I look at Alec Ogletree as well, and and I applauded the trade for Alec Ogletree, not so much because of the kind of player that Alec Ogletree is, but because of the fact that for so long the Giants ignored the linebacker position. And at least trading for Alec Ogletree signified, you know, that the Giants were going to pay some attention to that unit. You know, unfortunately, we're finding the things with Alec Ogletree, issues in coverage, issues with tackling, you know, the reasons why the Los Angeles Rams were willing to move on from Alec Ogletree, we're seeing those on the field. So, you know, he's a guy who brings some leadership. He brings some run defense, you know, but he's a limited player with flaws in his game, and and it just comes back to right now. It's it's not an easy fix on defense. There's just not enough talent. You look all across that defense. There's a good player here and there, but every single level of that defense could use more players. Yes, and you know, you listen to James Betcher, and when he's asked directly if he has what he needs and can he do what he wants to do, he doesn't come right out and say, no, I don't have what I need and I can't do exactly what I want to do. He kind of dances around it, but you could tell that he's, you know, he would welcome some additional talent to that unit. And, uh, you know, I obviously we haven't seen what that unit can be as it's been drawn up because of, of whatever limitations they have. So it'll just be kind of interesting to see how that unit takes place because um, they have played fairly well enough to win the last couple of games, but you know, they, they'll tell you they could play better because they still allowed points. And, you know, it's just, it, it's just a very weird cycle, a weird balance that they have to strike there. And I'm not sure, you know, what the answers are moving forward other than to just, you know, continue to get stockpile draft picks and scramble to make up for, for what's amounted to like five years of, of negligent drafting and personnel decisions. 
I think that's all you can do, Patty. We said it wasn't going to get fixed in one off season. It's not going to completely get fixed, you know, in the next off season. I think that uh, the the right thing for Dave Gettleman to do is stockpile as many draft picks as you can, because as as you indicated earlier. What Dave Gettleman and Pat Shermer want is they want their own pieces. They want guys that they want to build around with the skill sets that that they're looking for. And the only way to get those guys is is to draft them. And and you know the the Giants need as much help as they can get, so they simply have to just continue to stockpile those picks. Yeah, they do. And, you know, just because they're stockpiling picks, something to keep in mind, that doesn't mean they're going to uh, use all the picks. They're going to probably use some of these picks to move around in the draft. They're going to probably, you know, trade up, I would think. Who knows? Maybe we might see a trade down for all we know. I mean, they've got to they've got to have some capital to work with. And in the past, you know, Jerry Reese has been reluctant to trade, you know, to get extra draft picks. Um, The Giants are probably not going to get any compensatory picks next year. So you really have no choice but to, to stockpile and start building from the draft because say what you want. Free agency is good to fill in the occasional hole here and there or to use it as a band-aid. But when you have to use it to, to basically cover up gaping wounds on your roster, that is not a good look. That is not a good approach. So, Ed, let's take our next break. And when we come back, we'll continue our state of the Giants. We'll look at the offense. And we could also quick touch upon special teams when we come back. So stay with us, Giants fans. All right, welcome back to segment three of Locked On Giants. You're with Patricia Trena and Ed Valentine, and we are breaking down the state of the Giants at the bye week, the halfway mark of the season. Not a very pleasant breakdown, but, hey, it needs to be done. So, Ed, let's continue with with, with the sledgehammer and and the drills, and let's uh, tackle the offense. Tackling the offense, Patty, I don't know. I think the offense is spending a whole lot of time tackling itself. Yeah, seriously. I think, you know, Ed, I think back, when it comes to the offense, I think back to something Shermer said at the beginning of the year. And it echoed something that Mike Sullivan, the former offensive coordinator, said last year. And that is, the Giants' offense will only go as far as that offensive line will take them. Well, that offensive line, they gambled on it, and unfortunately they lost. They are now on, what, their fourth or fifth combination because of injuries and and, and performance issues, and they're just not getting any better. No, Patty, they're not. It really is, I mean, it's awful to look at a team with a running back as good as Saquon Barkley that is really one of the league's most inefficient teams running the football. I mean, it's just horrible to go through a game like they did on Sunday and average 2.9 yards per carry, you know, a lot of which Barkley's probably getting on his own. And and this has been the case all year. He'll break a splash play, you know, once in a while, but you know, for the most part, there's no place to go. I mean, I, I watched the game last night. As I said earlier in the show, I didn't go to the game yesterday. I watched the game last night on Game Pass. And 
here's my thought about the offensive line. It's like, I'm sorry, but offensive linemen are not supposed to be sitting on the ground. And offensive linemen are not supposed to be turned around facing the quarterback or facing the running back, you know, when he gets tackled in the backfield. And, and this play after play after play, I see bodies on the ground. I see offensive linemen turned around the wrong way, you know, watching the guy that they were supposed to block go by them and make a tackle. You know, Dave Gettleman did everything, you know, he tried to rebuild this offensive line. You know, Pat Shermer saw that it could be done. Um, it just, uh, you know, when he was in Minnesota the year before, because they were able to successfully rebuild an offensive line, I think in one off season, it just isn't working. I think the giants have a piece to build around in Will Hernandez. They have a piece who can be an adequate player in Nate Solder, although he's definitely, I mean, he's not a guy we've said this many, many times. He's not an a plus player. He's got an a plus contract, you know, but he's, he's, not an A-plus player, but they have three spots on that offensive line that absolutely need to be upgraded, and I'm sorry, the answers just are not on the current roster. And, Ed, we have to talk about something that's kind of been bothering me about this offensive line play, and I don't normally do this because, in a way, it's not fair because I'm not able to see the entire practice during the season, the media is not allowed to watch practice in season. But I have to wonder what the heck is going on with the coaching of this unit. I mean, Hal Hunter is, is the offensive line coach, and uh, I'm, 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 forget the, guy, the other guy's name who's assisting him. Uh, I know he's a former offensive lineman, an NFL offensive lineman. But what bothers me about what we're seeing with the offensive line is that it just seems like guys are either – they're, they're regressing. They're not taking steps forward. And, you know, Eric Flowers, okay, we know he is what he what he is. You know, he, he flamed out at, under three different offensive line coaches, so he's probably not a good example. But you want to see these guys start to take steps forward and eliminate the mistakes that they made at the beginning of the year. You know, get their technique more on solid ground. And I'm just not sure we're seeing that, quite honestly. And, and I have to, you know, you have to look at the coaching as part of this equation. You can't all just blame it on the players and say that, you know, oh, the coaching is exempt for, for what's going on. Patty, I'll agree with you there. You know, you're absolutely right. We don't see practice, but I do remember, you know, when Hal Hunter was hired to be the the coach of that group, I mean, Hunter was out of the league last year. That was one move that I thought was curious, you know, simply because you look at Hal Hunter's history and I don't see a whole lot of success in the, the groups that he's coached. So we don't know, you know, what's going on, you know, in the meeting rooms. We don't know what these guys are being taught. But the, as you said, we're just not seeing progress. We continue to see guys, you know, struggle with assignments. We continue to see, you know, guys not get any push. And I mean, the reality of it is there's three spots on that offensive line that need to be upgraded, you know, and, and, if they don't have the talent to get the the job done, you know, that's, that's one thing. 
but but not to be able to but not to know assignments, not to be able to pick up stunts, not to be able to do, you know, the simple communication things that they should be able to do. That's really bothersome, and that kind of stuff just just really shouldn't be happening. No, it shouldn't. And Ed, let's let's move on to the elephant or the Ela. Eli Fent in the room, uh, Eli oh, Manning, boy. the quarterback. Um, I stole that joke off of Twitter. Sorry, <laughs> not a very good uh. one. Um, look, Eli Manning. You know, it pains me to see what what's happening with him. It just pains me to see what's happening with Eli Manning because, you know, I like to remember him as the gunslinger, the guy who took took them to two Super Bowl champions, the guy who had, I think, 40 game-winning drives and 50 career 300-yard performances, including the one he recorded last night. And just to watch him take the beating that he is taking game after game after game, I know that stems to the offensive line, but also to an extent, you know, you look at how the game has changed over the years. And I'm not saying, you know, instantly turn a guy into a mobile quarterback, you know, or Randall Cunningham or an RG3, because, you know, those quarterbacks, they have shelf generally short shelf lives. But, you know, just to see Eli Manning get beaten up the way he has, it, it pains me because this isn't the guy that, that you want to remember. And, you, and it, it almost seems like his legacy is being tarnished. That I would agree with, Patty. Now, here's here's the thing, and I've said this, I've made this point, you know, multiple times. Eli right now has been sacked 31 times. That's a pace that would get him sacked 62 times this year. Utterly ridiculous when you realize that, you know, we thought he took a beating in 2013 when he took a career-high 39 sacks. And, you know, what's going on, you know, pass protection-wise this year is ridiculous. But, you know, with 31 sacks already. But the way that he's playing is also not really defensible. You know, I look at Eli Manning, and I I, I made this point on Big Blue View this morning. Arm-wise, I still believe arm-wise he can make the throws. I think he's shown us that this year. I think he showed us that yesterday. The problem is the cumulative effect of being hit and being rushed and losing so many football games over the past six or seven years is what we see in Eli Manning's play. We see times when he drops back and he just gets rid of the football to Saquon Barkley or to whoever's running a two-yard route as quickly as he can, you know, without really reading the field. There are other times, you know, there a lot of those sacks yesterday, he was sacked seven times. I think he was hit 10. You know, some of those sacks are pure offensive linemen getting beat, and Eli has no chance. There are, however, too many times that we also see Eli stand in the pocket, and he's tapping the ball, and he's tapping the ball, and his feet are moving, and you can tell he's looking at the rush in front of him, and he's he's paralyzed by by the rush, he, and he he's not able or willing to get out of the pocket, or he's hesitant to throw the ball. 
and and that's just not good quarterback play. That's really not defensible, and you just don't know if if that's reversible. It's it's sad to watch because he's not a confident, comfortable quarterback you know, at this point in his career. And, and you just don't know if there's anything that can be done about that. And, you know, to his credit, he doesn't want to quit. He doesn't want to come out. He wants to work through this. And I wrote this column last night for Forbes. I really believe at this point the Giants need to save Eli from his himself. I mean, I fear for him. He With that offensive line and, and the inconsistency, you know, every hit he takes, you sit there and you say, my God, is he going to get up? You know, he's getting up there in age. And, and look, this guy has been he's, – he's meant the, the world to the franchise. I mean, I don't think there's anybody out there that, that is going to say that he didn't give his all, that he didn't bring some glory to the franchise, uh, that he didn't give put a lot of smiles on, on people's faces throughout the years. But to see what has happened to him – and it's not all his fault. You know, let's let's – make that clear but but you're right you know the the cumulative effect of playing behind bad offensive lines for multiple years i mean that show me a quarterback that that would function the way he has tried to function behind these offensive lines now with that said one of you know last night pat Shermer said i'm going to look at everything he didn't want to talk about or tease that they might make a you know a change at quarterback I think, unfortunately, and it pains me to say this, they have to make a change at quarterback after the bye week, even if they get Kyle Laletta in a game day suit, okay? Just get him ready and start to look to get him in there because they just cannot continue this way with Eli Manning. I fear for the guy's well-being, um, you know, and that doesn't mean I don't feel – fear for Kyle Lawletta, but at least Lawletta can move around and hopefully escape some of the rush that, that, um, you know, is happening. You know, I've said right from the get-go for the last several years, Eli and the offensive lines he's been given have not been a fit and we're seeing it, you know, you need, you, you if you have an offensive line pro, uh, problem, you, you basically need a quarterback who's going to try and extend plays with his legs. That's how you're going to survive. And that's not what Eli is. Patty, part of the thing at this point is simply this. I don't know. You don't know. Nobody knows at this point if Kyle Lawletta is the long-term answer. I think that what we do know is when you look at the state of this roster, when you look at where the New York Giants are, they're in a process where they have to reconstruct this thing. They have to start over. By the time they get this roster right, Eli Manning is is not going to be the quarterback. Part of what they have to do at this point, I think, is is simply change the conversation. Is simply say, okay, you know, we know where we're at. At some point, we've got to get Loletta in the in the games. We don't, you know. I look at it. Joe Montana's not going to perform very well under the under the way this offensive line is playing. Any quarterback that took the beating for the last several years that Manning has taken is going to be impacted. But when we see a quarterback, a 15-year veteran making misreads in 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 the red zone, I look at that and I say, well, you know, part of the part of the excuse for playing a veteran quarterback is because he'll make fewer mistakes. 
But I also look at that play and I think, you know, a rookie quarterback who's never played can make that mistake too. So, but at some point, I think the point is you just have to change the conversation. You just have to say, okay, you know, the past is the past. The future is the future. And we have to start figuring out what the future is going to be because Eli is definitely, you know, not the future. Exactly. It's and it's sad to admit, but Ed, let's quickly talk about the skill position players, receivers, tight ends, and running back. Couple of quick thoughts I have on that those units. Evan Ingram, you know, I I don't know what's going on with him, but as a pass receiver, still having issues with with drops. I don't know if he's still bothered by that knee that he sprained earlier in the year, but just. I thought last night he blocked better than, than he did as a receiver, um, and that's been very disappointing. Um, I'll talk quickly about the running backs. There's, you know, Saquon Barkley, we can all agree he's a stud, but, you know, Wayne Gallman, who looks so good in, in the, the preseason, seems to have dropped off the face of the planet, and I wonder how long before we ultimately see one of or both of Jarrell Presley and Robert Martin, who are currently on the practice squad, being brought up and given an opportunity. I mean, if you're going to start seeing what these young guys have, I could see that move being made before too long. Um, and at receiver, you know, it, it, it's interesting. Um, the Giants have played a lot of 11 personnel, probably more than I thought they would play, and not as much as the 12 personnel which is one back two tight ends but yet the Giants truly don't have a third receiver I mean they've they've used Cody Latimer Russell Shepard uh Benny Fowler yesterday was was uh, the guy they they turned to on a number of passes that has hurt them as well and and I I just you know you, we talk about getting the team on the same page I I, I just wonder, you know are Gettleman and Shermer on the same page regarding personnel or are they just trying to you know, slap band-aids on areas where they have holes. Well, I think, Patty, that that I think one of the things we saw was the Giants sign Corey Coleman and, and get Coleman to the 53-man roster. I think we're going to see after the bye uh, quite a bit of Corey Coleman getting the opportunity as that third wide receiver. The Giants are searching for that guy. You know, Latimer's on IR, and and I thought he did some good things. He showed, I think, that he could fill that role. You know, but but he's gone right now, so they're still searching. The one thing that I need to say, and I'll repeat this, it's something that I wrote at Big Blue View this morning. I love Evan Ingram's talent. I love, you know, the matchup issues that he can bring to a defense but I'm sorry, a pass-catching tight end who can't catch passes cannot help a football team. And right now, we saw Engram lead the league in drops from the tight end position a year ago. We saw all spring and all summer and all through the preseason, drops continue to be an issue for Evan Engram. We see so far this season, I, I looked at his drop percentage. I think his drop percentage a year ago was 9.5%. It's sitting at 11.5% so far this season. A pass-catching tight end who can't catch passes can't help your football team. No, they, he definitely can't. You know, it, it was something I know Ingram worked on over the offseason, 
but the problem has continued and, and, and I just don't have an answer for it. You can't even say that, oh, it's how he's being used because, you know, the bottom line is, is when the ball is thrown your way, you have to haul it in. And that is a concern moving forward, especially if it looks like, you know, the Giants might move on to from Rhett Ellison, uh, who who's not a bad pass catcher himself, but who doesn't quite create the matchups that, you know, Ingram does. So let's hope that the Giants don't have a problem developing there and that Ingram can straighten out his game and have a strong second half of the season. Um, but, uh, you know, bottom line, a lot of holes on both sides of the ball. Special teams, we'll mention that real quickly. They have gotten a little bit better over the years. It looks like they have a keeper in Quadri Henderson. Aldrich Rosas has been kicking well. Riley Dixon has been punting well. Um, so special teams, that's been a bright spot, you know, after, after starting off as a, as a, you know, a problem area early in the year. True, Patty. I really like what we see from Quadri Henderson. I mean, what I do know is over the next, you know, 24 to 30 hours, who knows what's going to happen? I think we're going to see a lot of, uh, you know, we'll see some changes from the Giants the second half of the season. I think that, you know, by and large, you know, we get to 2019. We may not recognize the Giants team, you know, from the one we see right now. So I think, you know, you just, Giants fans just need to realize that, uh, that it's going to be a long haul to fix this, to get this right. We've said it a number of times. It took a lot of years to get into this mess. It's going to take a while to get out of this mess. And that does not, you know, that, that does not excuse the idea that, that the current regime, you know, that Dave Gettleman and Pat Shermer have made some mistakes as well. You know, but I think that that when it took so many years to get into this mess, I think we need to give them a little bit more time to see if they can, you know, get the Giants pointed in the right direction toward getting out of it. Well said, my friend. Well said. And on that note, Giant fans, we're going to wrap up the show. Just a, a reminder, tomorrow is Twitter Tuesday. You know the drill. If you have questions, send them in to us. You can email them to LockedOnGiantsPodcast at gmail.com. You can tweet them to me at Patricia underscore Traina, T-R-A-I-N-A. And make sure you tag them with the hashtag AskPTRAIN. That's a P train so I can find them. You can also send them to the locked on underscore giants Twitter handle or to Ed at big blue view. Uh, just make sure you tag them and we'll, we'll try to get it as to as many as we can tomorrow. We're sure you've got a lot of questions and hopefully we've got answers for you. So thank you again for listening and we will talk to you soon. Take care. <laughs>